Hallelujah, hallelujah. Can we lift that up to him one more time? Thank you, Jesus. We praise you, God. We worship you. We magnify you. We serve an awesome, awesome God. And I just want to say that I stand by my pastor in what we are doing going forward. This is not uh, just another one of his crazy wild ideas, but we are standing by him and believing with him that we are activating young people, getting young people excited, and we have been busy. It has been a very, very busy year for all of us, for our young people, and we're just keeping moving. In fact, we had an event last night, uh, met at the taco trucks on Rosedale Highway. And we had a good time there, getting a lot of good food. And then afterwards, we uh, made our way to, to my house. And we had young people there till after 10 o'clock. So we had a good time in Jesus' name. Amen. So that's important to me, keeping them busy. And I said this last night, but just in case you weren't there and you missed it, uh, Part of the agreement is if you are a young person and you are not uh, working on Sunday mornings, you are not in Spanish ministry, you are not in Sunday school, I'm going to say it again on Sunday mornings, you still need to be up front. This is where we're supposed to be. This is for you, young people. These reserve signs are for the youth of this church. We need to be up front. We need to be backing up the preacher, preaching with the preacher. Amen. And all the parents said, amen. All right. So I expect all of you young people <laughs> to be up front. Your parents said, amen. Next Sunday morning. So, amen. It is always good to be in the house of the Lord. Thank you, Pastor, for believing in me. I always thank you for this opportunity. And if we can stand and turn in our Bibles this morning to Zephaniah chapter 3. One thing that my college and career young people are used to on Sunday mornings are dad jokes. I don't know if y'all are ready for them today, so I think I'm going to skip the dad jokes this morning. But maybe next time, maybe next time. But I want to read from Zephaniah chapter 3, starting at verse number 19. Well, actually only reading verse 19. It says, Behold, at that time... I will undo all that afflict thee, and I will save her that halteth, and gather her that was driven out, and I will get them praise and fame in every land where they have been put to shame. Amen. I want to preach to us for just a few moments about helpless, but not hopeless. Helpless but not hopeless. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, I may be helpless, but I'm not hopeless. Praise God. Amen. You may be seated. I would like to read that same verse from another translation. I often like to do this, especially if it helps me with my title. So I want to read from what is uh, called the New Living Translation. And it just says, same verse, Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 19, it says, And I will deal severely with all who have oppressed you. I will save the weak and the helpless ones. 
I will bring together those who were chased away. I will give glory and renown to my former exiles who have been mocked and shamed. The word that I use this morning for my title is helpless. Helpless but not hopeless. I know when we first hear that word, there is definitely a negative connotation that comes with it. Nobody in here wants to feel helpless. Even though most of us have been helpless at one point or another, nobody necessarily likes that feeling. Nobody likes to say, I need help. Can you help me? Can you be there for me? We all try to be strong and and stand up straight with our chest out, especially us men. I, I know how it is. We don't like to be in helpless situations. And so we try to be somewhat prideful, and, and, that, and that pride raises up a little bit because we're trying to, nobody wants to be helpless. In fact, I'm sure there were some when I asked you to turn and tell somebody that, that you struggled with that maybe a little bit in your own being because there's a struggle there in ourselves that we don't want to be helpless. We want to be able to do things ourselves. We, we want to be able to, to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and, and continue forward. But I'm here to preach to somebody, it's okay to be helpless. It's okay. In fact, in order to understand what it really is to be helpless, we need to look at the definition of helpless. And it is unable to defend oneself or to act without help. In order, unable to defend oneself or act without help. That is what it means to be helpless. So I think in reading that, we all under, can understand that we've all been there a time or two. We've all been there in our life in a place where we've been unable to defend ourselves. We've all been there when we needed help from somebody. And we all need to remember that being helpless is not necessarily a weakness. But when you get to that place where you're unable to defend yourself, and I don't know about you, but I know that before Jesus found me, I was completely helpless. Before Jesus stepped into my life, I could not defend myself. I couldn't defend myself against this world. I couldn't defend myself against the enemy of this world. I couldn't defend myself against nothing. I had nothing. I was nothing. But somewhere there was a God who saw a helpless young man and said, I can bring him hope. I can reach him where he is. I can pull him out of where he's going through and where he's at and place him somewhere where I can use him. Hallelujah. I didn't have all the solutions. I didn't know which way to turn. I didn't know up from down. But God came to my aid. God came to where I was. He was in the middle of my helplessness. And in the middle of my helplessness, I found hope. Yeah. Hallelujah. There was hope in the middle of the helplessness. In Jeremiah 
chapter 49 and 11, it says, Leave thy fatherless children. I will preserve them alive and let thy widows trust in me. The helpless are at the top of God's priority. The helpless are at the top of God's priority list. He is the ultimate defender and protector of the helpless. And he urges us to bend and help them as well. You see, God is and has always been in the business of helping those who cannot help themselves. Hallelujah. I'm thankful this morning that I could come to a house of God and I know that my defender is here. That when I can't stick up my, for myself and I can't defend myself, that there is a God that will defend me. There's a God that's going to stand for me. There's a God that's going to stand in front of me and say, don't worry, son. I've got this. I've got your back. You don't have to worry about a thing because I serve a God of the helpless. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God is not looking for the one who has it all together and doesn't need help from nobody, but he is looking for those who are hurting, who are broken, who are down and out and don't have all the answers because he is the answer. He is the truth. He is the way. He is the life. Hallelujah. You don't have to have it all together. Everything you need is in him. Praise God. If we are not careful, pride can slip in. And it can take us to a place where we feel that we have arrived. Pride can take us to a place where we think that we are self-sufficient. That we begin to look at our accomplishments and look at where we are and say, look what I have done. Look who I have become. Look what I have accomplished. And it becomes an I and a pride fest. Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 2 says, When pride cometh, then cometh shame. But with the lowly is wisdom. In Proverbs chapter 16, verses 18 through 19, it said, Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Better it is to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. Amen. Amen. It's saying it's better to stay down with the lonely, stay down with the helpless, stay down with those because then you remember where your help comes from. Don't forget who brought you here. Don't forget why you're here this morning. You're not here on your own accord, but you are here today because there is a God that loves you and reached for you and called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Hallelujah. Praise God. I know without a doubt that everything that I have, everywhere that I have been, and everything that I have done is not because I have it all together. Praise God. 
I'm thankful that I can recognize that. I'm thankful I can look in the mirror and say, son, the only reason why you're still standing today is because there's a God that loves you. I can still look myself in the mirror today and tell myself, you're still helpless without God. If it wasn't for God, I don't want to know where I'd be today. But I guarantee I wouldn't be in a pulpit preaching to somebody that it's okay to be helpless. Hallelujah. Because I was helpless, and I'm still helpless in a sense. Because I don't want to know what it's like to try and live this life without my God. I don't know what it's like, want to know what it's like to wake up without peace and without grace and without mercy. But I need Jesus. I need Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Everything I have is from God. Everything that I have done and been and going is from God. It is all because God raised me up. David said in Psalms 121, he said, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. But David was a king. He had it all together, right? Well, he wasn't helpless. Who who was he looking at him? He had power. He had ability. He was a great warrior. He was a mighty man of valor. But he never forgot where his help came from. He never forgot where he needed to look because he had many dark days. And many of those days, David realized, despite everything I have, despite my kingdom, I'm still helpless without God. I'm still helpless without the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Is there anybody this morning that can raise your hands and say, I still need Jesus? He stayed helpless because of it he had hope. Thank you, Jesus. There are two men that I want to point out today. David was not one of them. But one of them was very hopeless within himself. And that was Moses. Moses was a man who did not feel like he had it all together. In fact, he argued with God and fought with God when God reached through him to him through a burning bush and tried to use this man. And Moses thought, how can you use me? He was very inadequate within himself, and he felt like he didn't measure up. He felt like he couldn't do anything for God or for the kingdom of God. And, and God begins to talk with this man, Moses, and begins to tell him what he's going to do through him. And Moses begins to argue and say, well, but what if they don't believe me, God? And what if, what if they don't listen to me? Well, what am I going to do then? And God squashes all of those answers by letting him know what he could do through him. Letting him know that when he throws down this rod, it could turn into a serpent. And letting him know that when he picks it back up, it becomes a staff. And he shows him all these things and all these miracles. But through all of that, Moses, still very inadequate within himself, still begins to argue with God. And in Exodus chapter 4, 
Verse 10, it says, And Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. Hallelujah. He was helpless. He was helpless within himself. He realized he couldn't speak well. I, I don't have the education of others. I don't, I don't have what others have. I don't have the abilities of others. I, I can't do what others do. You, you sure you don't have the wrong person, God? Are you sure you're not calling the wrong guy here? But the Lord says in verse 11, the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth? And who maketh the dumb or deaf? or the seen, or the blind. Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth, and teach thee what thou shalt say. Hallelujah. I'm telling somebody this morning, God doesn't want your arrogance and your abilities, but he wants your helplessness. Hallelujah. When you present God your weakness, and you present God your inability, he takes your inability, and he turns it into something great, for his kingdom. Hallelujah. There's nothing you can't do without God. When God's in your corner, you can tear this world apart because God believes in you. It doesn't matter if you believe in yourself. As long as you are helpless and you need Jesus, he is in your corner. Hallelujah. He was able to use a Moses. He was able to use a man who couldn't speak right, who couldn't talk right, who felt completely helpless. He doesn't want to know what you can do on your own, but he wants to see what he can do with you. He wants your imperfections. He wants your inabilities. And he wants to make them perfect in him. But the second man that I want to talk to you about this morning, he did not quite have the attitude of a Moses. This is the man by the name of Samson. Samson had the anointing of God, but he became so strong in himself and feeling that he was who he was because of something that he had done. And it was this very pride that led him down a path to where his head was shaven and he was taken captive and his eyes were plucked out of his head. It was because somewhere along the way, Samson stopped looking to the hills from whence cometh his help. He stopped thinking of himself as helpless but said, look what I can do. Look how strong I am. Look at these gates that I've carried on my back. Look at the lion that I killed. Look at all of the Philistines that I've destroyed. Do you see how strong I am? Do you see how powerful I am? And it was because of this attitude that we find him in the lap of a woman by the name of Delilah. Giving away his secret to what has made him strong saying, if you just shave my head, if you just shave my head. He knew exactly what he was doing and where he was going, but he was going down his own path and not God's. 
It is not a weakness to be helpless, but there is a power in it. When you are able to put the trust in God. But we find Samson in Judges chapter 16 verse 21 says, But the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with fingers of brass, and he did grind in the prison house. This is where pride took Samson, thinking he had it all together, thinking he had all the answers, thinking that his strength would always get him by. But he finds himself now with no eyes, grinding at a mill for the first time in his life, feeling helpless once again, feeling completely helpless as he grinds, unable to see, unable to know what tomorrow holds. But it was here that Samson was able to find God all over again when he became helpless once again and began to look and say, God, I need you one more time. It was in his helplessness that a young man took Samson to two pillars. And it was in his helplessness that in verse 30 of Judges 16, Samson said, let me die with the Philistines and be bowed to, uh, and bowed himself with all his might. And the house fell upon the lords and upon all the people that were therein. So the dead which he slew at his death were more than they which he slew in his life. I don't think it was a coincidence that he killed more Philistines in his death than in his life. But that is what happens when our help comes from God. When we have a greater hope than what is in, in ourselves. Amen. I think there was no coincidence that God was showing. See what happens when you become helpless and you put your trust in me. Hallelujah. You can do far beyond what you think you can do on your own. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. As the musicians come, we don't ever want to let it get to this point. We don't ever want to get to that point of Samson where we've lost everything. But unfortunately, we have seen it so many times. We've seen it so many times. People come to God very helpless with nothing I've seen people come into the house of God with no car, no house, nothing, not a dollar to their name. And God begins to work on them. And God begins to change their life. And God begins to pick them up from where they are. And, and all of a sudden, they, they, they have a car now. They have transportation. They have a good job. They have a home. And, and God is, is putting all these pieces together. He, he's stacking all the pieces. And, and God begins to work on people. Amen. But I've also seen... Some of those same people get to a place where they forgot where their help come from. And they no longer were helpless. They were no longer helpless within themselves, but they become so self-efficient and sufficient that they, look what I've done. And they try and go out into the world and and leave the church behind, thinking that 
It all came because of something that they were or something that they've done and end up losing it all. Hallelujah. I don't ever want to forget from where my help comes from. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9 says, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my affirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Hallelujah. As we stand all over this place this morning, uh, I want to preach to somebody uh, that in your weakness, uh, he is still made strong. Uh, it's when you recognize uh, that you are nothing uh, and that he is everything. Uh, that's when God begins to do something in us. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. My grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Oh, hallelujah. Is there anybody this morning that you feel helpless all over again? That's not a weakness, church. That's not a weakness to feel helpless. That's not a weakness to cry out to God. It's not a weakness to come to an altar on a Sunday morning. It's not a weakness. Oh, but there's something in you that says there's hope. There's hope in my helplessness. There's hope in my weakness. There's strength when I don't think I have any because there's a God that is here this morning. There's a God that is willing to exchange beauty for ashes. There's a God that's ready to give you jewels for your filthy rags. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. These altars are open. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hebrews 13 and 6 says, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Is there anybody that could cry for help this morning? Jesus, we need you this morning. Oh, God, I'm crying for help. I need you in the midst of my situation. I need you, God, in the midst of my struggle.
Shackles, I wore those shackles and chains. 